welcome. Welcome. To Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast. 50 Foot Podcast. 50 Foot Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. If you're just now listening to this, it's because I cut the stuff before it. I'm Cameron. I'm one of the hosts of Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast. Sitting directly next to me is someone who's sitting next to... <laughs> I'm Allie. I'm not quite as sitting, loud as that and guy And sitting there. across from her is me, and I'm sitting next to... Robert, who's also another host of the Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast. And That's he's him. sitting across from Chair. Big Come on, man. Chairs. Introduce yourself. Getting the feeling that chairs isn't really going to be uh, very uh, productive in this conversation. They're not as funny as Jason. They're not as funny as Jason. They're not as funny as Jason. It's been one episode and we already miss him. We already <laughs> miss you, Jason. If you're listening to this, send me a message that says hug. Virtual hugs. All right. Well, how about instead of hugging, we do some jumping. Okay. Wait, why do you say that? I don't know. Why do I say Everything's that? a jump. Maybe we should Everything's pick a different Everything's a jump. <laughs> That's only gonna be. I'm like, sorry for stealing that joke. Uh, <laughs> Today we're talking about Jumper, a 2008 hot garbage movie of a film, if you want to call it that. That makes no sense, and it's directed by a guy named Doug Lyman. What do you call a movie that some people still give like eight out of ten stars? Do you call it sexy garbage? I call it Anakin Skywalker should just go back to being Anakin. No, Hayden Christensen is going back to playing Darth Vader, okay, never mind. which he we just learned, and he absolutely should not. Also, I prefer to call Darth Vader burned Anakin. You want to talk about the movie? <laughs> uh, so, uh, as Ali said, Doug Lyman directed this, and he has had a really up and down career. Um, he did Swingers. He did The First Born Identity. Uh, he did this. Um, he did Edge of Tomorrow, which uh, I liked a lot. Um, and he did that new Chaos Walking movie, which is supposed to be the worst thing since the COVID virus. Damn. Damn. That's, that's, that's pretty a, low. That's a little harsh. That yeah, is, well, okay, look, it killed slightly fewer people. That's a little harsh. Have you seen the Space Jam 2 trailer? <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh, we are off to a horrible start. <laughs> We're off to a great start. The budget was $85 million smackaroonies, and box office was $225 million oh, of fuck. the same Roonies. Characters. It was really successful. It, it was really successful because Hayden Christensen was coming off of Star Wars. So you have Star Wars being this huge hit. Because what? Star Wars episode whatever, three, three, six is the sixth one. But three it's the is when one. he's an adult. Yeah. But anyway, that one came out, what, 2005, 2006, yep. 2007, somewhere around there. And he's coming off of that. And this was supposed to start his career, and then it ended. But mm-hmm. at least he's coming back to play Darth Vader, I guess, which is terrible. Anyway, the he that we're talking about is Hayden Christensen, who played David Rice. David Rice. Character a little overcooked, in my opinion. But to be fair, to be fair to uh, Mr. David Rice here, the first thing that really happens to him in this movie is he dropped in water. So I just want to, because that's how you cook rice. Drop him in cold water. Is that how you cook rice? (laughs) No wonder it never works. Anyway, (laughs) David Rice is a young man who can teleport and brood like no other. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Thank you for that, Robert. But yeah, no, literally, he just kind of teleports. That's his superpower. He yeah. finds out about this because a snow globe is thrown into a pond that's frozen over that seems to have a very strong current, even though he's standing right next to the shore. Well, that river pushes the wrong way, okay? <laughs> Unless there's fans on the shore, that river doesn't push that way. 
Uh, so that's just one character. We're doing so well. Millie is another character in this. She is played pretty well, actually, by Anna Sophia Robb. Even though it's a little cheesy, I'll still give her some credit because she breaks my heart every time in Bridge to Terabithia. So I will definitely give her some credit. I like her as an actress. Uh, However, the adult version. The adult version is completely worthless in this. And actually, the whole character is. Millie is one of the worst characters in a film. She is a plot device. For the main character. She has literally no agency. It's the only thing that they gave the main character anything to care about. He doesn't care about anything else on this entire planet besides money. And this one chick that he decides to go visit after years and years. After people say he's dead? Yeah, okay. Can can we, like, just have a little tangent here? I fucking hate this in movies where it's like, oh, it's so romantic. He was pining after her and creeping on her for years. It's not fucking romantic. It's weird. It feels mm-hmm. weird. It's always been you. It's always been you. Okay. Literal line from this movie. Literally, yeah. And then she's like, okay, take me home. Anyway, uh, <laughs> young young Rice here. He is played by Max Theriot, who also does a better job than the main actor in this film. Max Theriot it was actually doing such a good job and was playing what I thought was a completely different character. And then I realized that he was playing the younger version of Rice, which I didn't pick up on because I thought they were just showing us that there were other jumpers. I thought like he was going to learn from Hayden Christensen's character because they didn't do a good job showing us that this was a different time frame either. He's like eight years younger or something, and there's no like variation in the world. The I don't world think anybody exactly says eight years. I had to look it up. I think the dad says he's been gone for eight years or something like that at one oh. point. Oh, so like two asked. thirds of the way through the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, when Sammy L. Jackson shows up. Who plays Roland in this, who is just basically an evil guy. He's literally the evil. What did you write? (laughs) Uh, He plays a psychotic religious fundamentalist who is mad at jumpers because they break the 11th commandment, thou shalt not swoosh. That's fair. I'll accept that. Yeah. Uh, we should write that into the plot on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also Griffin. He's the other jumper. That is very rude. There's another jumper who shows up and he's murdered on a tree. Anyway, Griffin. <laughs> Griffin is the he's the sarcastic comic relief asshole that's in every single one of these types of blockbuster movies accent. that has no purpose. And he also has an accent that's probably not actually his. I, to be fair, did not look up Jamie Bell's origin I guess. I, I would place money on it. He is not... Because the accent is bad. He is from bad. Durham, England. So Yeah, County okay. Durham. So he's trying to put on an Irish accent and it's basically potato face. Listen, I'm not going to try and offend anyone in the UK. I just want to say, though, why do they name their cities the way they do sometimes? He is from Billingham, Stockton-on-Tees, County Durham, England, UK. Mm-hmm. You can also just say Billingham. But I just... What's Stockton-on-Tees? <laughs> That's... That's hyphenated. Yeah. Stockton on T. When they do that, it's like, that's the name of the city, and then on, and then the last thing is the name of the river. But then there's County Durham, and then England, and then UK. Also, uh, that is Jamie Bell, who plays Griffin, and he is just so underutilized in this movie. We've seen him before for the podcast. Oh, what was he in? Fat Force Stick. Oh, yeah, that's right. He plays Grimm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah take a minute to realize that movie that. from my mind. <laughs> yeah, they tried well, to delete it back. from everywhere. Uh, he also plays Tintin in The Adventures of Tintin, uh, which, is, which is pretty solid. Uh, and he's also in Snowpiercer, which is phenomenal. Uh, he's also in the King Kong movie by Peter Jackson. He is usually pretty solid. He is not so solid in this movie. He looks like he's not supposed to be there. Uh, anyway, we have some honorable mentions as well. Michael Rooker and Diane Lane. 
I don't get this. They are so underused. Rooker is just an alcoholic, sad guy who may or may not have his spine crushed by his son later on in the film. And Diane Lane is everyone's favorite. Diane Lane is a treasure. Diane Lane is a treasure. And totally unused in this movie. And I don't know why they bothered casting her. She shows up twice. And in both instances, it doesn't advance the plot at all. No. She helps her son escape, her son, who is a teleporter, and then later tells him stuff that we could have already figured out. Yeah. 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 Pointless. So let's talk about, what, what's, the, what's the plot of this? Is there a plot to this so movie? This, That's a this movie has a plot. It is, it is the jumpers, which use cracks in air flow, teleport to places they sometimes can't see, but can also... There are no world rules. They are hunted by paladins. So to break in real quick here, I actually did read the book for this. And theoretically, you... This is based off a book? Yes, it was based off a book. And they, like, they changed a lot. I don't think there's paladins in it. Welcome to Attack the 50-Foot Podcast, where... The plot's made up, and the books don't matter. So. <laughs> yeah, there in this is case, a jumper too. You told me no. There's not a jumper oh, too. No, okay. There isn't. A, this is weird because I had the same thing. If you Wait, look up same jumper picture. two, yeah, it's the same picture on the poster. It's like, yeah, you bet this movie is gonna come out in 2019. That says 2019. Yeah, it didn't. It's not. What? It's not real. Yeah, I don't know why. There are, like, posts for it being like, no, this is a film that came out, 2019, here's the release date. It didn't. Okay, so now that we're sure that I wasn't a liar, what were you saying about the book? Yes, okay, so in theory, their powers are, they can only jump to a place they visited, but you can follow someone else through their people hole. What is the definition of visited? Like, actually being to. That's why he goes to... um, his like first jump away from home is to the Empire State Building because he's been there with his mom, and like the pictures was... are like a memory. But cue. he hasn't been inside the bank vaults, and he gets in it. He's he like that's why he goes in there and he looks in there, and like he at first jumps into the bathroom on accident and then jumps into the bank vault because those were the two places he last visited. But he didn't actually visit the bank vault. Nah, he just he like window shopped. Which you could do on a computer to anywhere. I you think can the, window shop any place. There's like a... Re- oh, God, why am I explaining this movie like I'm defending it? There's a bit where he's like looking at a picture and he's like... He makes like an I'm trying to poop face. But like... <laughs> he's like, oh, I guess I can't teleport to, to here. Like to the pyramids of Giza because... I say to Tahiti. So in other words, it's no different than like Nightcrawler. The only difference is Nightcrawler at least has to be careful so he doesn't teleport into a wall. And this one, he just smacks his face into a tree because his face is made out of metal and he's not hurt. Ever. Yep. Ever. Oh, and he's fucking practicing his teleportation skills in broad daylight in Central Park. Where mm-hmm. is he supposed to practice it? In the he, dark in an alley? They often do yes. this. Yes. They often teleport in the middle of crowds. Yep. And nobody's like, what the fuck? There is so much evidence just in this movie that people would be like, holy shit, magic exists. Okay, I want both of you to call the cops right now and be like, hey, can you connect me to the FBI? I just saw a man teleport out of a crowd. Someone do that. Someone do that. And see how long it takes the FBI to show up because they're worried about a man teleporting through a crowd. They probably show up pretty quickly with us considering our podcast. But no, I think we're already re- on a list. For, for real, though. Like, nobody, nobody says anything because what are you going to say? Hey, this white man showed up punching another white guy and then they were gone. Hey, Cam. <laughs> 
Can you read the plot? <laughs> yeah, I can read the plot. So we see David's backstory. And again, I completely thought this was a different character. Anyway, he gives a snow globe to Anna Sophia Robb, who actually died on a bridge in Bridge of Terabithia. Spoiler alert. And she is like, oh my God, thank you so much. And then that jock character that's in every movie shows up and he's like, hey, I'm in this movie too. And he takes the snow globe and he's like, look at it. It's such a dumb ball. I'm a flat earther. And then he throws the ball onto the ice and then... Max Theriot has the best icebreaker. <laughs> Max Theriot picks up the oh. snow globe and he's like, man, this is really good glass because it's not broken. It's perfectly fine after being chucked across a field onto ice. And then he falls into the ice but holds onto the snow globe, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Uh, also, when he falls through the ice, yep. the camera work is an odd choice. It's a slow pan. <laughs> It's just like, it like we just see him and he's like, yeah, I got the thing. I'm going to start walking back. And then the camera starts where where he is off screen, then pans over to him, and then he falls through the ice. Yeah, yeah. It was awkward. Yeah, definitely. It's more like a comedy, like, slapstick moment. Exactly. Like, I expect that from, like, a Jackie Chan film. Like, yes. it'd be hilarious. But, yeah, not so much in this. Anyway, uh, Max Theriot is then going to drown, and a bunch of people see this, and I, it seems like nobody calls the cops. Nobody's like, hey... This child just fell into a pond or a lake or a river. Or we should dredge the lake. Whatever. Uh, yeah. And then. It's like, whoop, he's and dead. Then he, forget about it. He teleports because survival instinct creates X Men. And this is not an X Men movie, movie, but, you know, whatever. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's but it's might as well same, steal that same, idea. Got it. It's like Cyclops getting hit in the back of the head with a bat and then his eyes shoot lasers, which is a lot of hilarious. Anyway, he teleports into a library. Those poor librarians. Here's, okay, here's the thing, though. He teleports into a library. He does eventually twice. But then we see the next time he goes into that same library, like the next day or whatever, he teleports back in there. There is a caution thing where he teleported in originally, and it's like, it's like there's like water damage. Nobody picked up the books. Yep. There's just shit all over the floor. They just put up caution tape and like a sign that clearly somebody wrote while angry. Yeah. Water damage. Anyway, so he eventually uses this to run away from his abusive father, who is played by Rooker, who is your typical abusive father in a movie. And that's literally his character from start to finish. Well, okay, that is true, and that's what the movie wants us to do. But um, all we really see him do is like, hey, you're tracking in mud. Come clean this up. No, don't ignore me. Don't go to your room. Like... I get the movie wants us to see him like that, but they don't do anything to to set it up. Yeah. I will give this movie a little bit of credit. Uh, Rooker's character does, in fact, call the cops after his son just miraculously disappears from his room, which is a rare thing you see in the movies. Yeah. Because the son comes back, and there's a cop car outside, and the dad's there talking to a cop. So he does actually call the cops, like, worried about his son. And that's such a rare thing to see in movies. So it's really, really weird. But the movie fails to mention a giant manhunt for a child who fell beneath the ice and is definitely dead and is drowning. And there's no news of that, apparently, and it doesn't matter. Anyway, so then we see this kid. He robs a bank. He, he walks by. He window shops. We kind of talked about this already. He then robs the bank. He appears, disappears, appears, disappears, appears, disappears. It's a whole thing. And then how does he get the safety deposit boxes open? That's a fair point. They actually just have, like, piles of money stacked in there. You know, like banks do. He jumps his hand inside and opens it from the inside. <laughs> okay, wait. This questions. Does he jump his hand inside as in, like, he can separate his hand from his body and then have it come back? Or does he jump his hand inside like he can put his hand through walls? Well, as we I can, have problems with both. As we see... Later, he can jump things partially through, like when he 
gets the wire through the wall and it's going in the wall. Oh, yeah. That's because the wire doesn't oh. jump with them. That's a completely different thing. The wire is built with electricity, so it You're can't actually like this actually thing has jump. rules. No, no, no. That does. That is a real rule. No. Also, it is a real the rule. wire is built with electricity? Yeah. That is literally the plot of this movie. Okay. You tell me it's not. That's... You've read the book. I'm going off the movie. The movie says Samuel L. Jackson shows up in Hayden Christensen's apartment and says, Hey... I'm going to kill you. And he has a little baton that shoots out a scorpion grapple and it's electrified. Yep. And that is the most that we get of that device. They never say anything else about it. We jumped ahead. Ha, we're jumpers. Anyway, he robs this bank and then he's like, oh yeah. And he leans back on the bed and then suddenly he is Hayden Christensen. And I don't know if you've ever seen Max Lariat and Hayden Christensen. If you have the opportunity, pull up a picture of both okay, of them. Well, the problem that I have with this is that they do one of those like fade into shots where it's like the Max Lariat child on the bed and it fades into Hayden Christensen as adult on the bed in the same spot. Yeah. And it just doesn't phase well because it's, they look nothing alike. It's they pretty don't. egregious. It doesn't work. It's it's like it's even worse than like have you guys seen you haven't seen Rocky really, but have you seen Rocky, like all the Rocky movies? I saw the first two? No, so you haven't seen it then. Uh there's there's in the fourth one he has like a six year old child. Mm-hmm. And then in the next movie he has like a fourteen year old child. And like six and they months don't look anything passed. like like six months have passed. In theory. But the movie doesn't say how long's passed, so you kind of have to assume that Rocky and his wife just abandoned their child to live with his alcoholic not uncle <laughs> for quite a while. Anyway, this is worse in some ways. So let's talk about it. He meets this girl on a balcony, and they're talking about sand. And he, it's oh my coarse God. and okay, it's irritating that it gets everywhere. Stop talking. Okay, I'm joking. All right. So we do jump into the future. He's literally just like a bank robber. It's just what he does. He's an asshole. He doesn't do anything good. It's very he, lame. He walks downstairs or jumps downstairs, whatever. And then we're, we see how legs. he can live through multiple parts of the day by going surfing and meeting a lady at the bar who immediately wants to have sex with him because he's the main character. Yes. she. He just walks up and says, hey, and she's like, are you from here? He also just jumps in the bar and no one's like, hey... Also, if no, you're was there. teleporting, yeah. why do you, like, jump down into the elevator, the empty elevator, and just so you can, like, talk with your um, doorman for a minute? I mean, seriously. Why does he do half the things he jumps for? I would just like to bring up real quick that there are approximately about 3,615 pubs in London he shows up in the exact one with another jumper. Yeah, this movie doesn't really explain how common this is. Nope. Because both of these guys, again, are not subtle about their superpowers. People would notice. Even if people aren't calling the cops, there are, like, cameras and shit. Yeah, and there's there's three jumpers in this entire movie. In a movie called Jumper, there are only three. Yep. There are more paladins in this movie than there are jumpers. That's true. Anyway, so... We see that he's still just an asshole, and he goes, and he has sex, he surfs, he goes back. He's like, oh, man, you're right, I didn't need the umbrella that he brought with him. Anyway, Samuel Jackson's in his apartment, because where else is Samuel Jackson going to be? He had just killed a kid on a tree. I don't know how he got back so quick. They don't explain that. <gasps> he's a jobber. No. Yeah, that's actually fair. There, he just sort of, like, mid-torture gets a phone call, and is like, all right, I'll be there. <laughs> Let's go. Smash cut. Anyway, he shows up at the apartment. And he's like, don't even bother running. But I'm like, why? I don't know why. Like, running is his one thing. Well, also, like, he could have just literally disappeared right there. 
Yep. And we've been over. It's over. Disappeared. Never comes back. It's gone. It happens. Mm -hmm. And Sammy's like, well, fuck. But anyway, they have a fight. I mean, it's just like the easiest way to put it. it. We're going to talk about it. They have a very long fight. A lot of things happen. And then Hayden Christensen gets away. And where does he go? He goes back to his dad's house who hasn't seen him in years, apparently. But his dad hears one noise and runs upstairs and goes, son, son, son. So I just want to point out that the dad probably does that a lot. Because like anytime someone jumps on the like a like an animal jumps on the roof or anything like it's that, hailing outside, he's like David. Well, and like he says, "Son, don't run again." And it just makes me wonder, like, does he say that like every time something's there? He's just like, "Don't run again." Yeah, and you guys notice a weird thing about the door. Yeah, uh, he chained it from the outside, and he has the key for it. Yeah, and why I'm, do that? I don't know. It didn't make any sense. The movie doesn't ever explain that. Like the only explanation that I could think of is like if they had shown a scene where like another jumper shows up in the house or something, but that wouldn't even make sense anyway. Like the whole thing is stupid because then they can just open up the door and just jump through the crack. So like it doesn't. So he can waste a lot of time doing what he was doing instead of actually doing anything useful. Yeah. It's very, very confusing. Uh, But anyway, so I, I will give like, this is actually kind of a heartfelt scene. I think Michael Rooker plays it off pretty well. He's like, Look, I'm sorry. I know I haven't been a great dad, but you can always come home. Mm-hmm. That was a nice moment. And he was like, peace, bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he then eventually, we get back to the love interest, which is Millie. And she's grown up and her jaw is grown out. And she's <laughs> a different person. She's really just a different person is how you could word that. But she's played by Rachel Bilson. If I asked a child to draw a woman, I think they would just come up with Rachel Bilson. You guys are really mean to Rachel Bilson. No, not you guys have been she's, mean to Rachel Bilson since before we started this. She looks exactly the same. So Rachel Bilson is like, hey, I work in a bar. And he goes there and he stares at her and stalks her. And then he goes to leave. And she's like, I noticed you the whole time. Because she follows him down the stairs when he meets at the jock from earlier. That's in every movie. And the mm-hmm. jock's like, look, I'm older now. Like in every movie. And then the jock picks a fight with Hayden Christensen. And he loses the fight because Christensen jumpers him. But when he jumpers him, nobody else around this bar or in the city is like, hey, this small town where everyone knows this guy is just so underwhelmed by the fact that he's gone. Yep. She she Damn. literally is just like, what happened? And he's like, oh. He, he, left. he left. He ran away. He just, he's gone now. Um, <laughs> and she's like, okay. Yeah. So she is like, oh, well, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, do you want to go to Italy with me? I know you don't know me. And she's like, well, yeah, I don't have anything else to do in this movie. So then they go to Rome. They take a plane, which is another important plot point, because if they had not taken a plane, then Samuel L. Jackson, once again, would not have known where they are, and they would have never been able to hunt them down. If he had just jumpered from the beginning, this movie has a different plot, or a plot. Anyway, they go there. They go to a Coliseum. We'll talk about the Coliseum. Yep. Uh, Oh, yeah, they also have weird sex there, so... I, I will also talk about that. Yeah, it starts, like, I guess Hayden Christensen's, like, turned on because she's hanging dresses in a closet. I, was that the point of that scene? <laughs> yeah, a really it. tall closet. Yeah. It wasn't and she's that like, tall. oh, no, I can't quite hang this dress up. And she's like, oh, wow, 
that was an ordeal. And then he kisses her on the face and they take their clothes off. Yeah, if there had been a fainting couch, she would have fallen on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was that kind of scene. Anyway, they go inside of a coliseum and she's like, oh my God, we can't just break into a coliseum. And he's like, but can we? And she's like, okay. So they go in and then they do like a whole fight scene thing. And Jamie Bell shows up again and he's like, I'm in this movie. And then, uh, oh, also this point is an important point to bring up. Jamie Bell's been following them the entire time, which is important. Because Jamie Bell has to have been following them because he knows exactly where Hayden Christensen is. Why are we using their actor names? Because I don't remember the names. Uh, yeah, so these people are boring. Hayden Christensen shows up at this Coliseum and Jamie Bell's just sitting on a roof watching him. But that means that he watched Hayden Christensen get his ass kicked by Samuel Jackson and did nothing. His mortal enemy, Samuel, who this entire character's whole plot is he's trying to kill this man. And he has the opportunity in that room, and he's obviously been stalking Hayden Christensen because he knows where he teleported to, which means he followed him. He does nothing. I'm very confused by that. I don't necessarily agree that he's been stalking him, but that does bring up a weird point of, what is he doing there? How does he know? How does he show up twice then? Yeah. Like, like the, the first place. time at the bar is a coincidence, but then he's what? Like, tracking him because he's tracking paladins? This is the bit where we learn that Paladins are bad guys. They're the ones who dress only in light gray. Uh, the <laughs> coolest color. It's literally just Assassin's Creed with the Templars. Yes. It's the same thing. That's exactly what it is. It's the same goddamn thing. Anyway, so they do this whole thing. They end up going to prison because, again, he's not willing to jumper. For something called jumper, the main jumper doesn't jumper a lot. But only for inconsequential things, like getting the remote and not saving a bunch of drowning people. And not climbing stairs or using elevators. Right, and at this point, he's still, like, he doesn't want to show Millie that he's a jumper, but I don't really know why. Like, it's not like she was ever like, you ever just see guys that jump too much? I'm not into them. <laughs> like, that's not like, that's not part of her character. Uh, yeah. But anyway, they go to prison. Then Diane Lane shows up out of nowhere. We've only seen her in a picture. That's all we've seen her in, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, we saw her in one flashback on a skyscraper. Yes. That's it. She's so, just sort of like, this is the Empire State Building. Yeah, she's like, I'm in this movie. She shows up and she's like, you gotta leave. You gotta get out. I'm here as part of the Paladins and I, I hunt you guys, but you gotta go because you're my bloodline that I've ignored for the last like 20 years. So if you could leave, that'd be awesome. And then he grabs Rachel Bilson, they leave, and then he puts her on a plane and is like, Bye. The one thing I do want to um, bring up about this is that Diane Lane breaks a man out of uh, custody, a man who should not need breaking out of custody, and she manages to evade him by walking briskly. He keeps going like, Mom, Mom, I'm following you with my feet. And she just like walks around a corner and is gone. Mm -hmm. You know why? He didn't follow Diane's lane. All right. I actually like that one. Good. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. I want to him. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and, and figure out the rest of this movie because we're going to talk about some of this. So they get out. He goes and talks to the guy who lives in the desert, which is Jamie Bell. They have a conversation and then he starts following him around. This is where we learn jumpers can use other jumpers. Jumpers. So they, I prefer people hole. Thank people you. People hole. Excuse <laughs> me. So he uses his people hole. And then Jamie the entire time is like, why is he using my people hole? And he keeps looking behind him and he keeps trying to turn corners. But I mean, you can't just like, you can't sneak away because it just leaves a people hole. So anyway, so he's following him through the people holes. And then eventually he's just like, okay, let's get a car and drive. And he's like, why do you want to drive? And he's like, I just like to drive. So they... So they don't drive. They teleport in a car. But then they drive the entire car from wherever they were to wherever her flight lands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
And Where I'm the fuck pretty are they? sure they're not in America. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be in New York because they abandon the car on a street that I know. And... But that's not where she's landing. No. She's landing in Michigan. Right. Detroit. They say she's going to Detroit. Yeah. What the fuck is this movie? And then he shows up and he's like, you can't read clocks because we're an hour late. And yes. that's where the rest of this movie happens. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, wow, man, I messed up the time zones, which this movie keeps messing up the time zones. The whole, yeah, I feel like that was just like they were so far through shooting and the director was like, oh, I did mess up the time zones. And they just put that in. Yeah, like, let's, let's add it. It's hard for everybody. Okay. So Hayden Christensen goes back. He shows up at her apartment. Actually, first he shows up at her work, which is weird because like, why do you assume that's just like the very first place she's going to go an hour after getting off of a plane? Mm -hmm. Like she goes to work at the bar after going to Italy with you and then you just ignoring her later? Anyway, so he goes into her apartment and she's like, you got to get the fuck out of my apartment. And then he jumpers and then she's like, okay, you got to get the fuck out of my apartment. And then Samuel shows up and then Havoc. We're going to talk about that. It's just a big, giant, long fight scene with a lot of stuff that really at the end of the day doesn't really matter. Eventually, Jumper learns how to jumper a house, kind of, which we're told earlier in the movie killed another guy to jumper something that's immobile. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. So if you put a house on wheels, you can jumper that. Uh, anything that's mobile. Anything I that's that mobile. Being a thing. No, he does. Jamie Bell mentions that he had a friend who tried to jumper a building, but he died trying to do it. Yeah. And Jamie Bell can, like, jump big. Like, at some point, I think he jumps a double-decker bus. He does, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Anyway, so this whole fight thing happens. You know know the movie. You've seen the movie. Good guy saves girl guy, and then girl guy, good guy together. Then good guy goes see Long Lost Mom. Long Lost Mom is mom of Kristen Stewart. Yep. Who just stands there and makes Kristen Stewart faces. Mm-hmm. Literally opens up the door and Kristen Stewart's like, what are you doing here? Is this the wrong set? And then, <laughs> and then Diane Lane's there and she's like, yeah, I'm a paladin. I hunt down your kind. And I, I left mean, because I found out you were a jumper. Yes, thank you, movie. We pieced but, that together. But then she's like, but I still hunt you, so I'm going to give you a head start, son. And then he walks out, he hugs Rachel Bilson, and the movie ends. He was also, we're not going to talk about this scene, so I just want to say one quick thing. He walks up to the house alone. There's a big wide shot of him walking up to the house alone. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck was Rachel Bilson? They show her like way back over on the on the shore. <laughs> just kind of standing way out there in the middle of the nothingness of cold. It's Don't worry, I'll be here when your plot is done so that like... We can just go do stuff like going to Italy. I do want to say that if this movie had had one thing, it could have been like a 9 out of 10. Plot? The Law and Order sound. Every time they jump her. Doom, 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 doom. Okay. Instead, sometimes there's an explosion. Like a, like, like rocks crack and like papers flurl everywhere. But sometimes. It's good. It's good. All right, Allie, let's get into the favorite scenes. Let's do it. Let's get, let's get into it. We're, we're excited. What you got? All right, favorite scenes. I'll start this off with, aha, I'm the villain scene. Uh, The part where we basically get to see Sammy be the villain. Yay. He's going to assert his dominance and his villainness. So we get this very dramatic and really dumb and senseless intro to him being a villain where he kills a random jumper with the dumbest setup in the entire world where he straps into a tree with a bunch of wires and then just kind of knifes him. Yeah, we only see the after effects, and it's just, like, him in a tree with wires that are, like, occasionally sparking. 
He's like, why are you doing this to me? And he's like, I don't know. And stabs Because I don't like you. These come out of batons and only one wire at a time. How many people shot a wire at him at once? Yeah, right? Like, how many people? There's like five wires, though, coming out of that tree. I was kind of confused. I was like, oh, I wonder what this is going to be. Do they have superpowers? No, they just have really dumb props. (laughs) And during the, at the same time as this, um, David, I guess is jumping around doing our th- that dumb thing we talked about where he decides to go to London and bring an umbrella and there's a bunch of unnecessary jumping and London's dark even though it's morning and in, in, is he in New York? Yeah, he wakes up in New York in yeah. the morning. And, and it's, but it's dark in London. It must be the apocalypse, who knows. But he comes back to his apartment and Sammy's there and he's you know in the apartment because he's the villain and he got in somehow, right? And it's that trope again where he... Where David walks into his apartment and he's just calmly like, why are you in my apartment? Yeah, I think... Not like, um, excuse me, get the fuck out! Yeah, <laughs> like going for the phone immediately. Oh my god, intruder! <laughs> no, he's just, he just lets him talk and, you know, goes on his evil villain speech, I guess. Who does he say he is? Is it the NSA at this time or the IRS? I don't know. He says a different name every single time. He no, says he... NSA this time. He says IRS to the dad. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And yeah, but he's like, you're not under arrest and all this dumb stuff. And so HC starts figuring out that this is not some good shit to be dealing with. So he forgets how to use a door and gets stuck in this room. And and Sammy calls him on it. He's like, I guess you don't use doors much, do you? He just walks up to a door and kind of shakes it. Practice. Yeah. What is the? I don't understand. Is that the implication that this movie's trying to make? I don't get it. Because he literally walks up to the door and he's like jiggling it, and he's he's like, you don't use doors often, which means the movie is implying that Hayden Christensen has just at this point. Completely forgotten how to use doors. It's so tough. He he jeers at him for not knowing how to use a door. In which case, I don't know if this is like a joke or if he locked it somehow so that HC can't open it. Or like what the deal was. Moving along, he starts trying to use his little sparkly stick to fuck him up. And this is where the world rules start getting strange. And they start inventing things. Because what I don't understand is how he knows exactly where he's going to teleport to and from. So there's a point where he has this sparky stick... And he is... He's just toying with him. Yeah, but like he goes to jump and he hits the air and gets him out of a jump. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so isn't the story like the paladins can't see the portals, which is why they can't follow them, right? So how is he able to just like, ah, there you are. I think I figured out why. So they use those little stick things that have like the little hooks and that's what he's hooked into at the moment, which he's like trying to teleport back and forth. I think what he's feeling is the wire because the wire moves. What are you talking about? There's no wire yet. Yeah, when he's, uh, when they're just, like, sort of fist fighting, he's got him down on the ground, and then Hayden Christensen, like, jumps up into his left, and he just strikes there. Oh, I thought he was stuck There's no point. wire, no. Oh, I thought he was, this was stuck This was before point. he wired him up. Okay, okay. So that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any fucking sense. He can't see the portal. He doesn't know how this, like, how this happens. He is just kind of, like, wildly swinging at the air and somehow tasing Hayden Christensen out of his jump. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So he's doing that, right? And then he's finally like, let's do some, like, wire stuff. And so then he starts trying to tie him down. And, you know, actually, first of all, can someone explain to me how tasing somebody can stop them from teleporting? Because I don't really get that. They travel by electrical signals. Oh, (laughs) They use electricity to travel. Okay, no, I think Samuel L. Jackson says something to, like, it's pretty hard to concentrate when you're being electrocuted. So he's just... 
It's just that. Because so he can. While he's being electrocuted, he does jump. So if he's about to jump, and right before he goes through the portal, someone honks a horn and distracts him. Does he, does he just need not to go through the portal, or does he go to a different place? Or maybe half of him goes through the portal. Like, I get I get the whole, like, tying somebody down with taser wires. Like, that, that would fuck you up pretty good. But I don't really get, like, just being tased. Anyway, he... They have this dumb fight, and knocks a bunch of papers off the wall, and, you know, puts dents in the floor and the walls and stuff, and then... He is tied up with this wire, right? And he somehow musters up the energy or the courage or whatever it may be to jump through to his secret room where he keeps all his secret bank stolen money and whatever the fuck else he needs. And he jumps through the wall, but like takes the wire with him, right? Yeah, so that the was wire, weird. The wire is going through the wall, but it's like it's morphed into the wall. Yeah, explain that one. Because oh. I call electricity. I call electrical currents. No, 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 but here's here's something else that I thought of, right? So if you're holding on to Hayden Christensen, he can jump you, right? He can take you somewhere with him. Yeah. Right. Right? So if you jump while touching a jumper, you're going to be jumped. But it's supposed to keep him from jumping. No, no, no. Now, hold on. Right? Right. So HC's got the wire around him when he jumps into the wall, and Sammy is holding on to the wire. He should have been so jumped So he should with have him. been able to jump Sammy and the wire and himself into the room. And he didn't. That would make a he lot of sense. He just moved on the wire mm-hmm. and Sammy stayed where he was. That makes more sense as a weakness than just electricity. Yeah. Like, if I have you, you can't get rid of me. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. He goes into the room, in which case Sammy's first first reaction is, I'm going to tear through the wall. Yes, he literally just starts punching the wall. And then he grabs a bunch of money and leaves. The end. That's the scene. Yep. <laughs> that is the whole scene. Yeah. And now he's revealed a secret room of secret money and all the secret photos of his mom and whatever. And well, the photos also show all the places. Way to go! So now they know... Okay, but that's dumb because he has photos of literally everywhere in the world. Yeah, well, okay. But it's narrowed down to like he's a couple like, tens of thousands. The paladins are like, now we know where he goes. And like he literally has like four walls plastered with postcards. And I'm like, what? Where he goes? Everywhere? Yeah. Anywhere well, right. that's a tourist destination? Got like 250 photographs. Let's start knocking him off the list, guys. <laughs> he lives on Earth. There's no, God, way you can, there's no way you can track where he goes Wait. just based on tourist destinations. Couldn't he go to the moon? Only if he had already been there. But he wasn't in the vault. You can window shop the moon. If you can window shop the vault. Oh, that's a pretty good point. You can window shop the moon. If you go and like look at the moon, can you just go there? Yes. Ah. (laughs) And even if you want to argue like like you have to go there before you can use the picture to go there, you can use a telescope to see the moon. And it's just as good as window shopping a vault. So he could go to the moon. He could go to the moon. Let's talk about window shopping the Colosseum. The Colosseum. So this was my favorite scene, um, tied with nothing, and it was a kind of hard to come up with. <laughs> God, this movie's boring. But yeah, I just want to point out the dumb idea of immediately after escaping this guy who clearly knows who you are and knows what you can do. Yeah, go back home to your house and to see your crush. Mm. That makes sense. Also, why is she still your crush? Yeah. Anyway, that's a different story. And like. She seems weirdly willing to go along with this. Yeah, I just wanted to say, why the fuck would you as a woman just randomly decide to go to Rome with a guy you barely know? Because as I was pointing out, like, the boys that I knew in middle school are not the same men today. 
Mm-hmm. Just because you knew somebody in middle school does not mean you know them now. And they gave you a chintzy gift. Yeah. Mm. Like, no, thank you. I would not go to Rome with somebody. That's what I'm saying. I, I, don't, I think there are a lot of people in my life that I've known for a while that I wouldn't go to Rome with. Fine. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he picked up on my subtext. <laughs> um, but, anyway. yeah. Okay, so, um, so she's like... Uh, like, oh, you're in banking. He's like, yeah, I'm in banking. He's like, she's like, I know you're not in banking. <laughs> because you, because you flunked algebra so in middle school. this is why school. you don't go to Rome with people that you knew in middle school. Yeah, exactly. Because you based their personality off the person you knew in middle school. Off the, flunked algebra. Exactly. And like, nobody could ever get better no. in math. It's impossible. Also, they do that movie thing. That movie thing where you take a flight with someone for hours. hours Ten hours, according hours, to the expedition. Ten hours. And you don't say anything to each other the entire time? Yeah, why did you have this conversation on the plane? So you get out of the airport, and you're going to the hotel, and then you're like, hi. (laughs) It's been a while. Also, you know, if you're like on the lam and whatever, and you clearly don't care about getting found out, because one, you already have been, two, you haven't been doing a good job of keeping it secret anyway, just be like, hey, take my hand. Boom, we're in Italy. (laughs) I mean, still, it's a bit kidnappy, but... Makes a little bit more sense than... If she freaks out, just... Put, put, her, put back. her back. And like, <laughs> oh wow, somebody like put... <laughs> what a weird day. She's going to have some PTSD, honestly, because oh my God. that would be wild. This guy that I thought was dead, turns out he comes back and he's like, no, I'm not. And then he teleports me to Italy. And then I'm like, please take me back. And then he does. And then he's and gone. He just vanishes. But I haven't seen him since. Okay, grandma. Also, on the subject of thinking he's dead, she, like, uh, he shows up uh, at her house when he's still young and, like, l- like throws stones at her window and leaves the, the snow globe on the swing. So this poor girl is probably, like, everyone thinks she's delusional. She's like, no, David is alive. He came back. Oh, yeah, honey. I'm sure he did. No, look, he gave me the snow globe. Oh, yeah. That snow globe you yeah, couldn't whole, have gotten from anywhere else. The whole idea of this kid was dead is very vague. Like, it doesn't really seem like everybody really knows whether or not he's dead. I still have the theory that he did die, and the rest of this movie is from her perspective. And that's why she thinks she sees the snow globe, like, on the swing. And the rest of this movie is just her thinking that he survived and that he became filthy rich and became perfect and all of these different things. <laughs> Let's talk about Rome. So I think we already talked about uh, the point where she tries to put a uh, dress on a hanger that's too tall for her. But and apparently really. that's like, that's all he can stand. That's sexual it's just, tension right it's there. It's just too hot for him. <laughs> um, so they have sex and it's boring. <laughs> it's... Robert needs exciting sex. Well, okay, you know what? Yeah, I would prefer some more exciting sex. <laughs> Then these just two bland, boring people with no chemistry who spend a good chunk of the time just staring at each other. In real life. Oh. That's the funny thing about this. Yeah, they, they, they began an onset romance that lasted like a decade mm-hmm. they, from this movie. They broke up in 2017. I don't know what either of them saw in each other, but whatever. So they're walking up to the Coliseum and. Uh, and she goes like, oh, I've always wanted to visit the Coliseum. And he goes like, I know. She goes, wow, you must be pretty good at this. And he goes, good at what? And then she doesn't answer. 
Um, it doesn't make any sense. I bring it up because I don't know what the fuck that was. Good at looking at the Coliseum? Yeah, I was gonna, like, good at landmarks? I guess. Yeah, and then, so they get to the Coliseum, and there's a guy who's like, oh no, the Coliseum is closed. And, uh, H.C. handles it like a real cool gentleman. What do you mean it's closed? How can the Coliseum be closed? And he just says that like six times yes, in a row. Yes, <laughs> so many times. And this poor guard is like, no, look, it's just, cl- like, what? Yeah. why do I need to explain cool it, this? If you've ever worked in customer service, you've met this man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so he's like, you know what? We're going to sneak in. And she is still nonplussed by all of this. She has absolutely no emotions. Actually, that's not what she nonplussed says, She says specifically, no, we can't do that. And then he's like, we can and she's like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Again, zero agency in this character. Um, so he gets in, and that's where he um, meets Jamie Bell. For whatever reason, he's also there. And they have a fight with the uh, with multiple paladins. Um, I don't oh, think Samuel is there. Nope. Before, before the fight happens, he also continuously gets through locked doors by continuously jumping to the other side when she's not looking and just kind of like I guess I don't even know if he's doing that he just kind of opens them yeah he jumps to the other side unlocks them and opens the door and he's standing on the other side and he's like hey look it was just open and she's like okay (laughs) but like how is he unlocking them because yeah on either side of the fucking door it's locked your impression of Rachel Bilson (laughs) (laughs) okay spot on you got any more head Movement. Head, head, bobbly. I, I don't know how to act Maybe normal, so purse my lips more. It's like Tom Cruise trying to drive a car. Just my like... mouth is about three quarters of my face. <laughs> I'm just being okay. needlessly I'm mean just to her now. You guys are really mean to Rachel Wilson. <laughs> I know. She I'm sorry. Really ugly. And I mean in general. <laughs> and you guys are way past my limit. See, whenever I do these things, I suddenly think of them listening to the podcast, so I'm sorry, Rachel Bilson, but... They're not gonna listen. <laughs> Rachel Bilson is not gonna listen to this. Maybe I'll hashtag her on Twitter. Rach- oh, if gosh. Rachel Bilson listens to this, I will send her a shirt that says, I hate Robert, and it'll just be his <laughs> smiling face on it with two thumbs up. I don't think she wants that either. No. <laughs> She's gonna have to explain that everywhere she goes. <laughs> This one guy made fun of me on a podcast. <laughs> he thinks my mouth is big. It is, but... Would you stop being mean to Rachel Wilson? <laughs> she did nothing! She did nothing! I'm dying. You Please continue so with mean. the uh, Okay, so the, the only other thing that's really of note here is... So the these sticks that they have that seem to, like, be tasers. They're multifunctional. They, like, snap in half. And they shoot, like we were saying earlier, like these big wad of wires that are electrified. And during this scene, it hits a bunch of, like, statues and columns and fucking wrecks them. If you're a person, you're chopped in half. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, these people are apparently, I think Cam put in here later, uh, everybody's got metal ribs. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's like, got metal ribs in this movie. Nobody can be damaged by anything. Well, and especially if you're a jumper with I'm, a good cause. One gets hit by a goddamn car. Hayden Christensen at one point gets hit by a car. <laughs> by a fucking car. And he gets hit by it for sure. And then teleports. Yep. And he's like, oh, wow. That was close. Like, Ooh, no, it wasn't close. No, it, it was 
direct contact. Yes. <laughs> but you waited a minute before you teleported. <laughs> what are you made out of? Man. Uh, yeah, so that's it for that scene. Okay. The fight happens at the end. <laughs> so, Jamie Bell lives in the desert. There's a the lot character. of sand. There's sand everywhere, right? And how everywhere. does HC feel about sand? He hates sand. It's coarse. It's irritating. Gets everywhere. Anyway, there's sand. So <laughs> we had to do it, guys. <laughs> so this actually starts with like them going to the apartment, though, right? And another trope of calmly asking, why are you in my apartment? Yeah. But at least she escalates it and is like, get out of my apartment. Yeah. I I also just love how she's like, you have to get out of my apartment. You cannot be here. And she doesn't even ask, ask like, how did you get in here? And how did you already get into the living room? Like, I've been standing in the kitchen. But she doesn't even ask that. But then he teleports. And I love this part. I will say I love this part because it starts with, you got to get out of my apartment. And then it's the only moment of acting from her in the entire film, to be fair. And then she goes, like, she sees him teleport. She's like, okay, you have to get out of my apartment. Yes. Like, you cannot be here anymore. Yep. But then doesn't a little later she goes like, I'm sorry I said that. Yeah, I, I, was, <laughs> I think I was talking over that part, but I did hear it. <laughs> if, if this movie would have been better, then they what they should have done is he should have been like, okay, I'm sorry. And he should have, instead of trying to teleport, he should have left before he noticed his bad guys show up. And then he was like going to try and leave and he shows up at the door and he's like, can you open it? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of forgot how this complex piece of technology works. She's like, turn the knob, the lock, just like, just <laughs> click, 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 click. He's like, oh. Anyway, he sees the bad guys are showing up because of course the bad guys show up right and then. And then he waits way too long to do anything about it. Well, because he's like, you have to trust me, you have to trust me. And she's like, I don't. <laughs> Like, well, isn't he like just pacing back and forth and panting? Like, yeah. oh, 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 oh. And like, meanwhile, they, like the bad guys are storming up the stairs. And taking up apparently a really long time to get from the yeah. driveway to the second floor of an apartment building. That is just like the end scene on Mustafar in Star Wars Episode 3. He just kind of paces on like a helicopter pad for a while, and then Obi-Wan shows up. But how long does it take that ship to land? They never answer that question. Anyway. Here we are at the end of the movie, basically, and... There's a lot of more, a lot more world rules that seem to be being invented. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the bad guys get in, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, and HC jumps right to Sandland. Yep. He takes and Bilson with him, mm-hmm. <laughs> and somehow these Paladin people have created a device that can open the portal that they left behind. Once again, so that the normal... people hole. Yes. I would like to say the reason why they are With able a special to use this box. device is because the way they are opening up these people holes is with specific electrical currents in the air, and that device is able to hold open the electrical no one currents cares by about matching your logic, Cameron. the frequency. <laughs> they don't say that. Ever. Then you explain it. Nobody even talks okay. about electricity. Okay, fine. Robbie's Science Corner. <laughs> electricity doesn't work like that. <laughs> this has been Robbie's Science Corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kind of want that to open the episode. <laughs> okay, so this magic box that he created works. And he goes through the people hole. Okay, yeah. So See, the I mean, paladins, just to clear this up, just to make sure everyone knows what we're talking about. It is like, imagine an amp for a guitar. They pull that out of a road case. And it keeps mm-hmm. the people hole open. Yeah. 
and it yeah. lights up really bright. Yeah. So and also, Sammy is wearing a vest. Does he need this vest to go through the people, or is he just wearing it to look cool? I think it's a tactical vest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What, with absolute seriousness? (laughs) Of course. It's a tactical vest. What are you guys talking about? I wear these every day. (laughs) Look at how many straps it has. (laughs) Okay, I have a lot of questions about this, to be fair. Uh, So I'm going to read this the way I asked this. And if you know the answer to this, then you please answer. Uh, not now, because you're not listening. We have to edit Please it just read release it. it. Anyway, so they travel through... I said portal, but I'll change that to people hole now. So <laughs> excuse you. me. Uh, they travel through the people hole that the jumpers create and get to the other side of the people hole. But the question I have is that if they had gone through a different people hole, as in like Hayden Christensen had created a new people hole and he had gone through that people hole, then uh, does that first people hole still exist? And if so, how many people holes does it take before the last one doesn't exist anymore? So you're saying like if they open one... Is the one that they jumped through before still open? Right. Like, do they just kind of have a trail of people holes, like in oh, Tokyo and then London right. and then so, America? So if you jump through one... Do you, you always go... have a last one and it just moves with you? Or right. Do you have, like, or do you seven? have multiple? Because it seems like they have multiple in theory. But also, that then begs the question, like, is Hayden Christensen and Jamie Bell, like, when they're running around those different areas, are they actually leaving people holes all well, over the I, world? I think there is some kind of time limit because the whole thing when they're setting up the magic box... Is they're like, hurry, hurry, it's going to close. The time limit's not my problem. My problem is, is does that mean they can just open up a ton of people holes at once? Does that I'm mean that it's like infinite people holes? I'm going to go if there's a time limit. Holes? So if they, if they open up a bunch, it'll take like a full 30 seconds for each one to close. So if they open up like 20 at once, or just 20 open for 30 seconds. Yeah, or like a way around that like the jumpers could have used is like open many, many people holes so that they don't know which one leads where. Or hilariously, they could have just opened up one more people hole right after that other one, and then they, that one just opens up over the ocean, and then Samuel just jumps through it and just falls right into the ocean. <laughs> they could have killed these guys. It's weird that like the oh, paladins man. are a force. Oh my god, I just connected something. Yeah. This yeah. movie is dumb as far as the people holes in the <laughs> same way that uh, Doctor Strange is dumb, right? He has these powers where he can move people yeah. around, and he oh, doesn't use them. And he doesn't use you them. You mean how he could oh, have right. cut off Thanos' head? His toes, his feet, his arm, anything. Why was toes second? Because <laughs> he looks like a giant. Toe. Anyway, they can use these people holes for like winning this fight super quickly, and they don't. Well, and there's no reason why jumpers shouldn't have a total like seven upper hands on any paladin at any time. Yep. Well, I feel like that's like the same thing as when Hayden Christensen gets into his apartment and Samuel is there, and Samuel knows that he can teleport already, so. But Hayden Christensen is like, okay, you're in my apartment, then I'll leave. That's how to use a door. But, but you know what Jamie Bell uses instead of like thinking about how to use his portals correctly? <laughs> a goddamn flamethrower. Yeah. And he and throws it flames. Doesn't work. Uh it kind of works because it, it sets goes, a guy's coat on fire. But it goes through the what people hole. Fucking do. So you can send that through a people hole. How do these things work? Oh my god, if you open up a people wait, wait, hole wait, 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 wait. in the wrong area, you could get an invasive species like jumping into the wrong country. Yeah. Because they I stay guess. open for too long and you they mean can humans? just humans? Well, I think it all you like other things can only non jumpers can only go through it if there's a black box no, because MacGuffin. Fire there. can go through it. But the black box MacGuffin is there. But then they can also send buses and stuff through it. No, because he was holding on to the bus. Okay, yeah, like jumpers can through. jump shit. The only non jumpers can go through holes. Why? (laughs) (laughs) 
Look, actually, you know what? I'm getting, like, the worst fucking headache from trying to... We've said... I, I thought people holes was clever, like, at first. But now we've said it so much that it feels like a real term. Oh, I, okay, good. Okay, I, I said it a lot in a row to see what you would react with. I think you're breaking me. <laughs> All right, Robbie's science corner. Now suddenly there is a lot of senseless killing because they, instead of taking these people and jumping them off a cliff, they do some other... So I do want to say, there is is not a reason in this entire film, what we're getting at, that they don't just pick Sammy up, put him in the sky, drop him. It's literally already been done in movies anyway, like, uh, I can't think of his name, Nightcrawler's dad in X-Men First Class does that to a person. He literally picks them up, teleports into the sky, lets go of them, teleports back. Yeah. Because Asriel? Yeah, Asriel. Yeah. yeah. So why did no one do this? Like, the moment Hayden Christensen sees Samuel in his apartment, he literally could have just, like, grabbed him, put him in Egypt, back. Done. Done. Yeah. Now he's not in your apartment. Congratulations. But, and same thing here, though. Jamie's whole character, like, we get the whole Christian is, Christensen is the good hero, like, in all 2000s movies, where he doesn't kill. Except for, he does some other things. But... He doesn't kill, and we find that out. But Jamie certainly does. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't just drop Sammy into an ocean, into, like, from the like from the sky. He could put him in a war zone, since they literally go to a war zone at one point. Oh, they do. I mean... Oh, yeah. And then one of them drops, like, I hate Belarus. Or, what is it? No, Chechnya. Oh, It's, yeah. it's like, wow, all right, guy. <laughs> Way to take shots at Chechnya. <laughs> There, yeah. There's just, there's so many ways he could have killed him. I mean, literally, you could drop him into, like, a rainforest. You could drop him into a pool of sharks like he does to someone. You could drop him in a cage full of chihuahuas. There are so <laughs> many dangerous things out there to kill Sammy Ellen. But instead, Ellen. they kill a lot of innocent people. Instead, they, yeah, they kill a lot of innocent people. And the way they do that is one of my favorite things ever. Jamie disappears. He drives an ATV off of a dune in order to teleport it. And then he shows up in whatever place he shows up in, and they play the ATV sound, but it's not there. Because he's very clearly walking when he comes out of the teleport. Huh. Yeah. They, left it they, 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 they play the sound, and then he's walking. But it looks like what they did is they probably used a shot from when he was being followed by uh, HC mm-hmm. earlier in the film. I think they used that shot, oh. and then they cut to a wide shot, and he like looks, and there's like headlights. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to throw a double-decker bus full of people at Samuel, which at least has the driver in it, because that is definitely someone who's in it when it Oh, flips. yeah, they show yep. that for sure. But n- no one else seems to be in there. Anyway, so he rides this double-decker bus. He throws it at Sammy. And he totally avoids it somehow. By ducking. Yeah. He, he ducks. <laughs> like, no, what he does he does is he, like, he, ru- he dodges forward towards it and it just like kind of goes over him yeah but this so this whole scene uh is again just a bunch of people doing a bunch of stupid shit rachel bilson standing on a mountainside that's looking she's like this is a desert oh god and that's her character and i just want to say that i would like to go ahead and just end the movie here instead of where they chose to end the movie because if one of these idiots had just teleported back to her apartment grabbed the device teleported it somewhere else then teleported the other two idiots into some death zone, whatever, drop them in a volcano, whatever the fuck you feel like doing. Movie over. Yep. It's over. And it's one of those movies where it's like sometimes like you have to have that suspension of disbelief. There isn't there there's too much going on for me to be like, why don't they just kill them now? It's it's sometimes you give them too many powers and too many abilities and you don't give them enough limitations. 
which means they can end the movie in 50 different other ways. And I'm thinking about that while you're trying to get me to watch an action scene. Yeah. But that's all I care about. You're just constantly being like, well, why don't they just like take him and strand him somewhere? And they end up doing that to Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. They strand him in a cave in the Grand Canyon. And his expression is that he's mildly annoyed. Yeah. Well, because the whole thing is... He's like, ah, damn. Yeah. Hayden Christensen does that whole Batman thing where he's like, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. And he does that, but at least in, like, Batman, like, he drops out the back of a train, and then the train crashes, and Ray's just like, okay, I'm gonna die. But this is completely different, because he leaves Samuel in the Grand Canyon in this random-ass cave that he seems to know about, which they zoom out of, and there is no way out of there. Nope. You are stuck. It is, like, smooth rock all around. You're not climbing that shit. Mm-hmm. And it's huge drops. If you're ever in the Grand Canyon, whoo, no, you're dead. But he leaves Sammy there, and he's like... I told you I was different. You kill people slower? Is that how you're different? You're a fucking lunatic? But, like, his reaction is so, like, I have a way out of here. It's just kind of annoying. Yeah. I'm just going to make a call and they'll come get me. I feel like they wanted this to be a franchise and they're like, okay, so we can't kill them off. Oh, yeah. And so, like, the next movie would start with, like, a helicopter in the Grand Canyon being like, we found him. Listen, I just imagine that it would be the helicopter woman from Samurai Cop, and she shows up, and she just talks to Sammy. He has no phone or anything, Look for obviously. a rock. Yes. She's just like, don't worry, I'm here, and he's like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the movie. That's the movie. That's the movie. Uh, that is the movie Jumper. But what else is it known as? In Canada, in French, it is known as a Jumper Crossing the Time. Okay. Uh, Romania, it's Jumper Anywhere, Anytime. <laughs> Taiwan, it's Mobile World. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. And Russia, it's just Teleport. There's a couple other places where it's Teleport as well. That kind of makes sense. I mean, it does because they Teleport. But it wasn't People Hole anywhere. That I thought was weird. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, that's that's what it's known as in other places. It pretty much is just known as Jumper in most places, though, to be fair. But I did particularly like Mobile World. Yeah, it sounds like a um, like a discount uh, flip phone outlet. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the script. Uh, there's a lot of narration in it, Ugh. and it sucks. It's unnecessary, and it doesn't help. In, like, the very first, uh, like, set of uh, narrating lines... Uh, he calls the audience a chump. He's like, yeah, I go everywhere and do everything. Not like you chumps at home, sitting at home like losers on your couch watching this movie. Thank you for giving me money. <laughs> That's uh, exactly what it said. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, for line. it's just like an influencer brag. It's like, I do all of these things by 5 a.m. every day because it's 5 a.m. wherever in the world. Because, yeah, I don't get how time zones work. <laughs> When he teleports on top of the Sphinx for the very, very opening scene of the movie, does he bring... He each, brings the surfboard. He brings the surfboard, but does he bring each item there one at a time? Because he also has, like, a beach chair. He's got a sandwich. He's got a couple other things sitting around. I think the beach chair stays there because he jumps somebody else there later, and they, like, fall over the chair. But then he jumps someone else there even later, and then the beach chair's gone. Oh. Huh? Did he, did he like go back and he was like, wait a second, that is my chair. Wait, no, yeah. I said, <laughs> I, I know you're going to mess with this chair just to get back at me for stranding you in this impossible situation. Also, so the um, the bullies call him Rice Bowl because his last name is Rice? 
And that's insulting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just. <laughs> I do want to say real quick uh, one thing I didn't mention about the narration. Uh, usually, movies narration is very, very annoying. Sometimes it works for like certain movies or whatever, but rarely does it work. And also, this movie was probably one of the worst I've ever seen. It's like an audible. It was like like if you weren't looking at the screen, you would just think you're listening to an audible because he's literally describing everything. Yep. And like, his voice is so unenthused. Yeah. It's like my problem with a lot of graphic novels is when they write things that I'm looking at in the panels. Like, mm-hmm. don't tell me what I can see. Yeah. yeah. Thank Stop you, Alan Moore, it. for that modern Don't you version. know that old uh, film thing about tell, don't show? It's the opposite, audience. Yeah. It's the other way around. <laughs> Don't tell the audience things. Show them things. Great. Someone well, just turned it off right after you said that, and now they think that you're supposed to tell versus show. <laughs> now they're not going to get that big Hollywood directing job. I'm sorry. But you know what? You can't hear me because you turned it off. As far as the script goes, none of this makes any fucking sense. Like, someone needs to explain to me how the fuck anything in this universe works. Yeah. They don't. It just... The whole thing, even with the jumper stuff, is like he has a near-death experience and suddenly he can teleport and that's it. That makes perfect sense, actually. I mean, that's like pretty typical. No, I mean... That it, makes perfect sense. That was the part it makes, that makes... No, like legitimately, like there's always that suspension of disbelief that you have to have in movies like this. It's like watching Godzilla. You have to just understand that this is a universe where there's a giant marine iguana. That's just the end of... That's just at the end of the day. I mean, you could go like, I don't understand how that works all day long. Or like, you could be like, why does the military keep wanting to nuke monsters that literally absorb absorb radiation? But you just kind of ignore things, right? Anyway, uh, this is one of those things where it's like, it's just... It's more of an issue because it's a cliche. Like, you discover your powers through a survival instinct is one of the most X-Men things that's ever X-Men on this planet. Yeah, this movie came out in 2008. Well, it's not even just that. It's just, like, how did Samuel get into this? How were the paladins formed? How have they figured out anything about being How are they funded? (laughs) Who do they actually work for us, considering he's been the NSA, the FBI, and the IRS in just this movie? I would be willing to bet that they're not funded by anyone. What they're funded by is the jumpers themselves. Oh, like stealing all their money after they've done the robberies. Hayden Christensen barely grabs any of his money. That's true. And Samuel's just left there with a ton of it. Yeah. I mean, he literally is filthy rich at that point. But then on top of that, there's also his mom. Yeah. Who they just kind of say at the beginning left when he was five, which would have been fine. Just leave it like she's been gone or she's dead or something. No one cares. But then they just like unnecessarily added this detail that had nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because the one thing that we didn't need explained to us is that we're we're given two pieces of information. His mom left when uh, he was five, and jumpers begin to manifest their abilities at the age of five. Like, and then in the end, they just explain that to us again. Not not any of the physics of like wh- how much can you actually jump, and like if you jump holding a wire and the other person is holding a wire, what happens? <laughs> yeah, I I do want to say like I'm not saying anyone should get prison time. But you should at least have to do volunteer work if you have Diane Lane contracted and you use her for five seconds in your movie. Yep. But but not just five seconds. You use her for like four scenes, but for like five seconds of the film. If you have that many shooting locations with her, she better be a, like a very important part of the film. Yeah. I get the sense that this movie was heavily cut down. 
Like, I, yeah. I don't ever want to see a director's cut, but I bet you there is. Oh, no, I'd be willing to bet that, especially with Doug Lyman being so young in his career at this point. I mean, he did do the Bourne movie before this, I think, but he would have been still pretty young in his career. So the studio interfering with what he wanted would probably be something that he would say. I wouldn't be surprised if I heard that he didn't get final cut on this movie. Right. Because it's also very short. It's very short. 90 minutes. And yet it's the longest 90 minutes of my life. Mm -hmm. However, just to be clear, this is one of those movies that the acting is so bad, you are not saving it. There's no cut that will save this because the acting is too terrible to save. Exactly. Rachel Bilson alone is terrible. Hayden Christensen alone is terrible. Yeah. Together they're a calamity. I just think it's so funny that they ended up in a long-term relationship. And they have, like, the least chemistry in this movie. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, we really have nothing to say about the acting aside from the fact that there is hardly any acting except for the one woman who's in this for, like, all of two minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. And... And Michael Rooker. I'll give him some... Michael Rooker actually does a great job. But again, he's unimportant. Yeah. Yeah, his character's unimportant, yeah. I just also wanted to point out that uh, the casting director should be hanged. Yes. Because the the younger versions of these older characters look absolutely nothing alike. No. Like even um, what's the what's the girl's the younger girl's name? Anna Sophia Rapp. Yeah, that child is blonde. The adult woman is a brunette. Very dark brunette. I mean, I guess she could dye her hair, but like. Well, that's the same thing with Max Theriot and. Yeah. Christensen. Yeah. Oh, you right. Also blonde. Max yeah. Theriot's blonde also. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Because the world gets a lot darker. I guess. As you know, the world starts darker, to be fair. Uh, yeah. I do want to say, though, Max Theriot and Anna Sophia Robb did do a good job in this. I, I think with it. as cheesy as this movie is, especially at the beginning, I think that they did the best they could have done with the material. Yeah. And I actually still think they're pretty solid actors, especially seeing them in something as bad as this, though. Max Theriot's been in worse. He really has. He's great in Bates Motel. It's wonderful. One good thing. The soundtrack. Yeah. Early 2000s music. Yeah. I literally wrote down in the beginning. I was like, the hives are in this. Yes. You got me. You got points. You get a a solid point just for that. I wish movies were still made with fun rock. Hellboy has fun rock songs in it. The newest one. Oof. Yeah. Okay. In the same way that like Suicide Squad does, where they just sort of put it in regardless of it not work. Like, let's play Seven Nation Army over some people just sort of like packing their bags. At least that's better though than like a bunch of people driving jeeps on a dirt road and then just showing up at a castle in Hellboy and they're like, hey, and that's where the music stops. Yep. You're like, that's what you use it for. Like a transitional scene. Like really? Mm-hmm. Like the best you think of? Yeah, but there's nothing else good to say about the sound or the music on this. No. Nope. A lot of again with all of these bad movies, I think there's a lot of bad dubbing. Can anyone remember in their head what the people holes sound like? What do you mean sound like? What does it sound like when they jump through a people hole? When they when they jump, it's like a like a swoosh. It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think when you combine what Robert and I were both just doing at the same time, it'll sound right. Yeah. And I feel like there is like a very faint like crackling glass, like like just when they're like, oh look, it's a people hole. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, um, I think I already ragged yeah, on the can, time zones. We can. We don't need to talk about that again. But the weapons are stupid. Yep. Gray, light gray is never a good color. Like mini tangent for a second, the new Discovery uniforms, um, the Star Trek Discovery came out, and they're all light gray, and they look terrible. You can't put a hero or a villain in light gray. It just looks bland. It looks like they are aggressive Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> I 
Counterpoint. Batman looks wonderful in light gray. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, so the taser things were no, really for, fucking that's stupid. That's a good counterpoint. No, 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 shut, shut your face. Also, Doomsday is light gray. He looks amazing. Hey, Allie, yes. do you have something to say about the taser wires? They're dumb. They are dumb. I don't know how they came up with that as the best way to fight a jumper, but somehow they did, and they're still using it. I don't exactly understand how you shoot, like, what seems to be three wires connected in the middle, like, sort of like a triple bola or something, and that, like, pins people to the ceiling. Yeah. There's, like, there's something going on there. It doesn't really make any sense. Nope. Um, can you do the Robbie Science Corner again? But I do. Why? Laziness? Okay, cool. Do-do-do. And also, the only other thing as far as, like, costume goes is uh, Samuel L. Jackson and his solid white hair. Oof. Good lord. I think that was a he late is, 2000s he's thing. He's not that old. So it's really not like a he's an ancient man with solid white hair. No, he's supposed to look cool, I think, is what they're Okay, but it doesn't him. look like that. It looks like they literally spray-painted his head. Because it's bright white and solid. I think Dreamcatcher was around the same point, and they do the exact same thing to Morgan Freeman. Mm. Usually you go a little, like, salt and pepper first. Yeah, not just gray. white. And no, it just, it, it looks like he dunked his head in some paint. Anyway. Yeah, okay, so just to, to talk really quickly about some of the shots, um, there are several, uh, like, scenes where you have a two-shot where you get, like, over one character's shoulder and you can kind of see, like, the part of their head and shoulder and you're seeing the other person talking to them. But Rachel Bilson often crosses across the camera. So the back of her head is just dominating the fucking shot. Yeah, I did notice that a couple times. It was weird. Don't do that. I will begrudgingly say I did like some of the jump effects. There's one that uh, Jamie Bell does where he, like, jumps a bunch of times in a row to, like, super punch somebody. And then when uh, they're fighting over a box, they both try to jump away and, like, they each get half the box before it snaps back together. There are, like, some clever moments. This is one of those movies where I feel like uh, several below-the-line crew were actually really passionate about this and good at their jobs sure begrudging praise <laughs> i like to try and say something nice as i've like ripped rachel bilson a new one i will say you are correct this was a youtube video great effects for a youtube video okay honestly like legitimately not for a 85 million dollar Hollywood. yeah this was expensive but you know that like the stars alone took up over half of that yeah i can't imagine how much money they had to spend to try and get rachel wilson to stop moving her head too so (laughs) i love the idea of baiting her with money to be like no no no, stay still stay still (laughs) (laughs) again rachel Wilson, if you're listening to this or if you know her apologize i'm sorry they're not And another thing just about the editing is there are, especially in the flirting scenes, a lot of dead air in this movie. Yeah. Just like, I'm waiting for somebody to say something. No, they didn't. Okay, next scene. Oh, yeah. That was cringy. It takes a long time to take off their socks, too. Yes. Really long time to take off their socks. Really, of all things to focus on taking off, you focus on taking off each other's socks. Socks. Yeah. Uh, So what part would you guys play? Um, I noticed a lot of background paladins, you know, just kind of milling around Sammy the whole time. They're the only ones who get murdered, typically. Yeah, yeah, but there's, like, there's, like, usually one, like, token female one with, like, the coolest coat in the background, who just kind of, like, tries to look busy and 
there was one specific scene, I don't remember which one, where she's just kind of like picking things up in the apartment. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like doing it like really quickly. Like, is this is this dire that I pick up this plant in this girl's apartment? <laughs> So I want to play that chick, just a background paladin. Like, nobody really knows I'm there, but if you actually look at me, I'm not doing anything of significance. <laughs> that sounds fun. Solid. What about you, Kim? Uh, I'll be young Sandrice. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I, I think that Thariot just had the, the most fun part to play because he gets, like, the rock music as he's teleporting in and out of a bank vault and slowly destroying things. Uh, well, I think I could do the Jamie Bell part. I think I can do a pretty bad Irish accent. Just really butcher it. <laughs> and that's the only reason why. Yep. <laughs> well, we got a car over that you're saying that, so if you want to do it again. <laughs> I can do a pretty bad Irish accent. <laughs> it got worse. <laughs> it did. It kind of Transylvanian there. Pretty bad. I am, I am Irish, man. I want going? to suck your Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang, do we recommend it? No. Yeah, no. I this is a really bland middle of the road movie. We we took this bullet and if you couldn't tell from the the scattershot way we were talking about this, nothing seems to connect. No. It doesn't make any sense. I want I want to say I want to ask a real quick question cuz we haven't done this I just realized in forever we haven't done this. I sure we used to do this. It's not on our outline. We don't do it anymore. Why is it doing what? anymore, guys? Do you guys think there's anything they could have done to fix it? Oh wow! Oh, uh, recast it, okay. recast it, and, and like it. have another screenwriter like take a shot at it. Or you know what? Probably use an earlier version that was closer to the book. Because I I don't know if I mentioned this. I actually liked the book. It's decent. Uh, this was just a mess. Yeah, that's fair. Just I I mean I really think you just need to explain more. Give me more of the world. Make it interesting. Yeah. Give me, give some, like, consequences. And don't just set it up by, like, handing us half of the piece of the puzzle and being, like, like... Especially if you the rest. Yeah, exactly. If you jump a building, you will die. So don't do that. I think I think the easiest thing is just you take out Rachel Bilson's character. That too. And you have the focus be on him and his mom. And then yeah. that solves a lot of the issues with the movie because then he has a point. There's stakes. Diane Lane has something to do. Right, and Sammy has his own antagonist that's not just someone who's constantly jumping around. Oh yeah, because then it would Because then the mom would be both in league with him, but also against him. Because there's a whole scene where he looks at her photo and he's like, ah, oh, shit. and he knows who she is, but and that doesn't come back at never, all. I forgot about that. Never see it again. <laughs> Hire this guy, he just wrote you a better movie. Yeah. Anyway, that's the movie. If you've seen it, let us know. If you haven't seen it, don't. Go watch something else instead. Go go watch Samurai Cop again. Uh, yeah. And if you have a way to fix it, also let us know. If you got any recommendations, let us know. We are on social media. We are on like all of the social medias, guys. If you know of a social media that we're not on, we are. So, but really, it's like Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, it's two. We're on two <laughs> social medias. Uh, those are the two. Yeah, those are the two. So, oh, Spotify is kind of like social media. It's like social media for music. Anyway, guys, I've been one of your hosts, and sitting across from me is one of my other hosts, and sitting next to her is one of my other hosts, and I'm Cameron. Cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Wait, give our names again. Let's do. Let's do the jump sound again. Swoosh. <laughs> 
crawl into your people holes, 50 oh foot God. fetishists. Guys, have a great 50 foot fetish Friday. <laughs> <laughs>